I feel like I'm back in the 80s with that one. That was pretty cool. That's definitely something that I could go with. I think I've uh, go, I, I probably went to a bunch of parties with music like that. Can't tell you if it's the 80s or the 90s. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm Ditch, uh, your host and guide and sometimes provocateur. And welcome to the sixth episode <laughs> of So There's That, the podcast. Let me introduce my sidekick and co-host. Dante. Ooh. No, you have to wait for me to introduce you. You can't just say hello. You had a pause. I didn't realize. I had a pause. It was a dramatic pause. I'm trying dramatic pauses today. The other day, or the, the other podcast, it was speaking in the third person. So today is going to be dramatic pauses. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll stick. You don't think dramatic pauses are going to stick? No. Okay. Didge is going to try dramatic pauses today. <laughs> so that was Find the Key by Sash Volkov. Sash Volkov. Yep. MelodyLoops.com. Yep. And it's called what again? Uh, find the Key. Find the Key. Well, I, that was pretty cool. That was, um, that was, uh, I would have that up there as one of the top pieces of music so far. It's not yeah. something that I would choose. <laughs> Even though I sometimes rock the 80s hair. Right. Because I'm still, I guess, playing catch up. Because I, you know, it, well, it, it, I guess you can't see me, but sometimes I, I, I wear leggings with, um, with leg warmers. So I'm doing a little bit of flash dance. Uh, yeah. And I feel like I'm playing catch up through all the fashion that I wasn't allowed to wear throughout the years. Right. And I guess you're playing catch up with the music that you weren't allowed to listen to. Because I wasn't alive yet. Because you weren't alive yet. (laughs) Because you definitely weren't alive yet. So uh, I I guess let's just kind of jump into it. Uh, How was was your week? Uh, My week's been very laid back. My first week after graduating high school, so I just kind of relaxed. Well, no, you're not. Okay, have you technically graduated? Because I know you have... Have I, you do you have a graduation ceremony next week? I don't know how technically it works, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I've graduated. Um, so you just checked out now. Yeah, I'm done. Just, you're done. Okay. Um, but no, I, I spent the week. I, I played Borderlands Two all week. Just finished it before the podcast started, so I've mostly just relaxed all week. So uh, Borderlands Two, I've I haven't played that. Uh, did you, uh, did you play Borderlands 1? Uh, no, I did not. So how does this work? You, you are, you are genetically connected (laughs) to me, and I am incapable of doing this. I am incapable, I'm incapable of just doing a sequel. So Road Warrior, I had to watch Mad Max first. Uh, Resident Evil games. Now, I mean, granted, I was able to play all the Resident Evil games in order because they were coming out, missed. Every time I decide to play a new Myst game from, and this is for old time gamers, mm-hmm. I have to go back and play the first couple of Myst games again. Same way with Zork. Same yeah. way with Zork. Uh, so, so you have no problems just picking up a game that has a two or a ten in it and just playing it. Yeah, I mean it, it's different for video games because. Okay, like... actually, I'm sorry. I know I always interrupt you. Okay, and I'm trying to get better at it, but this time it is literally not my fault. We have a uh, we have the the repeat uh, <laughs> uh, visit from uh, from our cat who's going to come down and um, meow with us for a little bit. and meow with us for a little bit. So, uh, so hey, hi Shadow, I should, do you want to sit down? We brought a chair down for you. So uh, Shadow it, it did not actually want to sit down in a chair, so she is now no longer with us. Take that for uh, for what it's worth. Uh, so let me toss this back uh, to Dante. 
Okay, yeah. So the the I would have loved to play Borderlands one first. Um, problem is I couldn't. When I got Borderlands two, it was on sale. It was like uh, five dollars, and I don't think I could have I could find Borderlands one on uh, my for for Mac, which is what I was doing it on. So it was mostly uh just I could find it that way. I was also. I think we got it, like, oh, th yes, I remember. We got a four-pack of the game um, with me and my brother and two friends so that we could all play it together. And that that was why we did it. It was originally for that. We started the game, like, a year and a half ago all together. And then after a while, it just kind of phased out because people got busy. So over last week, I came back to it. I, yeah, I would have loved to play Borderlands 1 first, but it wasn't really about the story. It was more about playing a fun game with friends. Right, so how does this game rank with other games? Portal was a game that I just blew my mind. It was so well done. It's funny, it's subversive, clever, and that's what I really want out of my computer games and video games now. So how would you rank this, say against Portal or other games? Is this a top game or, or what have you? So, recently I've gotten much more uh, critical of video games. Um, I'm starting to notice, like, problems with them and stuff. And Borderlands 2 is fun. It's, it's one of the games that tries to be self-aware that it's a game and make jokes about that type of thing, but I, I don't know how well it works. It's the, the story... It's not a game you'd play for the story. It's there are some funny parts, but yeah, I, I I didn't really I wouldn't I wouldn't rate it with Portal and stuff. It's just not not as good as that. So how would you how would you rank the dialogue? Because this is something like Portal Two is perhaps my favorite. Well, I don't know if I can say it's my favorite sequel game, but it, it is a spectacular game because Stephen Merchant does the voice, or does one of the voices in it, and is brilliant and very funny, and the dialogue is so well done, and his performance is so well done. And the reason I ask this is because one of the apps that I'm working on, the storyline and the dialogue that we've been playing around with, a couple of people recommended Borderlands 2 is the voice that we should listen to because it's a very engaging dialogue and voice of... Of a game. So, I, I think I know what they're talking about. The voice from Borderlands 2 that is very well done is throughout the entire... A lot of games, you don't... It's hard to sympathize that the villain is a bad guy. You know that they're the bad guy, but you don't really have a motivation for them to be the bad guy. What this game does is... Every main mission you do, like, he'll call in... And uh, the, the metaphor I heard once I liked is he'll call in every 10 seconds to tell you about the puppies he's kicked today. <laughs> but he'll just call and talk about the, the evil things he's doing, and, and it's hard not to hate him through the game. And it's that type of thing that works in the dialogues, whatever. But yeah, no, the people will call in and say things, and that's really the fun part of the game, I guess. We, we call that a device. So it sounds like they have a very interesting device and a very interesting voice to go along with that, with that device. Well, that's, that's, um, that's, that's cool. Is that, do you think it's a game I would like to play? 
I don't know. I, I've, uh, I, I know that the whole first-person shooter things where you have to aim and stuff isn't the best um, <laughs> for you. Because I'm not very good at aiming, I think is what Dante is trying to say. Yes, even though I played Doom, even though I played Quake when it was first available on networks, <laughs> I have sucked since the 90s in first-person shooter games. But yeah, no, I, I don't think... Also, I, I just finished it, invested 45 hours into it, and that was... But that's spread out over, what, a year and a half, so... Yeah, <laughs> most, of it, most of it was this last week anyway. Okay. But, yeah. No, I don't think I'd recommend it. Um, so, yeah, how was your week? Uh, well, um, a, a, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a slower week. I was in Maryland. Uh, but Hannibal Season 3, as I think I've said before, is premiering in a week, less than a week now. And so uh, Dante's brother, Michael, had not seen all of Hannibal. So we decided to binge watch, and we completed season one, (laughs) 13 episodes last night, late, late last night. Uh, And I have, this. it's one of the few shows, number one, it's one of the few shows I can binge watch. I tend to get bored very easily. Even with really good TV shows, it's hard for me to watch them back to back to back. We watched five hours last night. And what I like so much about Hannibal and why I'm sort of pushing this show on so many people, despite it being so violent and disturbing and brutal, is that every single time I watch the show, I notice something new. I notice a new layer. I notice that there are hints tying to later storylines and that everything that sort of happens over the course of the series becomes clearer and clearer upon each viewing. And, and this is saying that Brian Fuller, who's an invited guest on this, uh, on this podcast, DIG at typingmonkeys.com, Brian, uh, is the subtext. And there is so little television that does subtext so well. Such that every episode, the serial killer or the, the main plot of that episode is actually tying in to what's going on with other characters in the series. And you don't realize it the first couple times you watch. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I can go on and on about, about Hannibal, and I guess I will for another couple of minutes. Uh, let me first say that Mads Mickelson, who plays Hannibal, is absolutely brilliant and has done such a phenomenal job. <laughs> that I now think of him as Hannibal Lecter and not Anthony Hopkins, which is utterly unthinkable because Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies and Anthony Hopkins' performance is one of the, the all-time great performances. One thing that I think you will get a kick out of uh, is that uh, Mads Mickelson's brother is Lars Mickelson, and I correctly called this, he plays... The Russian president, Viktor Petrov, in House of Cards. Wow. That's cool. And he carries himself the same way as his brother. And I saw him, and I told Dante, I think this is Mads Mikkelsen's brother. And it turns out I, I, was, I was right, which, as you know, I'm, I'm always right. Uh, oh, I should also mention Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. We were talking about Kids in the Hall last week. Yeah. Scott Thompson uh, is, in fact, in this series uh, in a supporting role. Quite good. Quite good. Um, so... Yes, that's. Uh, I think that's kind of what what we uh, what we've done in the past week. Aside from normal life, normal yeah. work, and things like that, 
uh, the Hannibal thing. And I probably should say that the first time I saw Hannibal, I hated it. Yeah. We watched the first couple of episodes, and I was just so unimpressed. I love Brian Fuller. I love, uh, you know, Pushing Daisies and, and Dead Like Me and all the other stuff that he's done. And I, I didn't like it. And then I, I was working with a couple writers out in uh, out in L.A., and they were like, Didge, why are you not watching Hannibal? This show is like, you I, you would love this show. And I'm like, well, I saw it. I thought it was kind of boring. And they're like, seriously? You've <laughs> got to watch this again. And I did. And I binge watched it over a weekend. And I made you watch it, I think, the following weekend. Yeah. Uh, and so I hopefully will be binge watching season two in the next 10 days. Uh, so, yeah. So um, let's, I guess, move into corrections and clarifications, which unfortunately has become a weekly segment. Let me start off by saying that I am an idiot with a podcast. So in, literally, in the correction segment last week, I explained how I mispronounced BAFTA and that it's actually pronounced BAFTA. And in correcting myself, I ended up mispronouncing it all over again. So it's BAFTA and I'm done. I'm just... I'm done. Never saying the word again. Never saying the word again. Ever. Uh, do you have any clarifications? Ooh, yes. So I talked about the different color things, the RGB, CMYK, and I, I couldn't remember what K was. I knew it was, like, light and dark. It's key, and it's how much... It's not... Key isn't a color. It's... I don't know what key stands for, but it, it means how much white or black is in the color, so how light or dark it is. And I also said that there's a third one that I couldn't remember, and that's HSB, hue, saturation, and brightness. Hue is the whole rainbow of colors. Saturation is how much of the color is in it. So at zero, it'd be none of it, so it's white. And at 100 would be exactly what the color is. And then brightness is how much light or dark. So at zero would be black, and 100 would be exactly what the hue and saturation want it to be. So that's the colors. <laughs> And these art definitions were brought to you by Dante. Yep. Uh, so, uh, awesome. So, uh, let's jump into updates. Uh, and I guess you are going to give a Forest Rain update, right? Yes. To start. So, I, I I looked around on the various Forest Rain social media things and, and websites, and, and uh, there is not an email publicly posted as far as I could find. So... I uh, sent a message uh, through her, her um, YouTube because that's where most of her things are, are uploaded. So I figured that'd be the best way. Um, but not like YouTube comments. Not YouTube which comments. Which are just like the lowest form of communication in the history of the internet. Correct. Yeah, no, I sent a, a direct message through YouTube. Um, I, if it was that, Tumblr or Twitter, and I figured that was the best one. Okay. So... So awesome, yeah. awesome. So you so you sent the message out, uh, and uh, yeah. Next time maybe carrier p- pigeon. But I guess you know worst case again we can wait for Bronicon. Yeah. Uh, I obviously would love to get that earlier. I should mention that uh, we have not received any word from Eddie Zard, Vince Gilligan, Lauren Faust, Brian Fuller, Alex Hirsch, Stephen Moffat, and now Dave Foley added to the list. I know this is making for a compelling audio. Uh, I should say to all people on the list that when emailing digit typing monkeys uh make sure not to put viagra 
in the subject line. Otherwise, it's going straight to my spam filter. I did <laughs> go through the spam filter a little bit just in case, you know. But uh, but yes, if you if you put Viagra or other words like that, uh, definitely go straight to the spam filter. So I guess we're going to move to guest number nine, and, and I'm going to turn this over to Dante. It's my turn now. Uh, my choice is Bernie Burns, who is the founder of Rooster Teeth. Um, was a creative director and head writer of Red vs. Blue. And which which uh, you guys hooked me yes. on Red vs. Blue, which, uh, 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 can I explain what Red vs. Blue is for the listeners? You, or, oh, no, you're going to do it. You're me a look gonna, like yeah. I was, I, I got that covered. So, so. <laughs> Red vs. Blue was, well, is still going on a uh, type of not quite animation. It, it actually coined its own term, uh, machinima, which is where you take like a game or something, and you use the movements in the game to create a story. So rather than animating, they would have the uh, the characters in the game that you're playing, like through a controller, and have them move around and have their faces move to build a story, which was Red vs. Blue, now on its 13th season, is actually the longest-running American science fiction series at this point. Wow, that is uh, spectacular. I should say to people who have never seen Red vs. Blue, you can go on YouTube. I'm yep. sure you can also go to the Red vs. Blue YouTube. website. But YouTube, do a search on, I guess, Red vs. Blue Episode 1. Yeah. Uh, and it's very well done. Uh, you don't have to have been a fan of, of Halo uh, to enjoy it, because I don't think I'd played Halo. Actually, you know, I played the original Halo which was on the Mac before it came out to uh, before it came out to Xbox. Wow! Uh, back in the day, yes, <laughs> I am that old. And uh, but yes, it's a it's very funny. The first season is is just uh, kind of loony and is very well done. And it's sort of before they decide that they want to throw a plot into it that they sh- they actually had something bigger yeah. uh, than 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 what they had expected. And they have some terrific stories. Um, as well. So who did Bernie Burns play in Red vs. So, yeah, Blue? Yeah, Bernie Burns, he, he, because he, he's all this like founder and director, writer, all this stuff is the way we actually knew him is he plays the voice of one of the main characters, Church. Who, and I love Church. Church. Church might be my favorite character. Well, there's a couple of favorite characters I got, characters, but Church yeah. is, yes, Church was my first favorite character. Let me put it that way. Yeah, but uh, to go into a little bit, uh, I mean, I... I'm a big fan of Rooster Teeth and everything they do, Red vs. Blue, their offset channels and, and new series, all the stuff. I love them. And the most recent thing they're doing is they actually, through Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter. They, but it takes less money than Kickstarter does. Yeah, that and if you don't make, if you don't hit your goal, uh, you still get the money. Yes, yes. Uh, but Indiegogo, they raised two and a half million dollars to fund a movie. Holy cow. So they're making a movie laser team. They finished filming. They're doing after effecty type things on it right now. Holy cow. And it's coming out, I believe, in fall. So is it debuting at some, maybe South by? Because they're down in Austin, right? Yeah. No, I, I don't, they haven't really gone to specifics about when specifically or where, but I know that they're working on that right now so. yeah i've walked by their booth at, at i think san diego comic-con i walked by their booth and i don't remember if they were at new york comic-con probably um, some i mean they're they've uh, they've like 70 people working there now so some people were there now they have a spectacularly popular podcast yes they they do the rooster teeth podcast which is 
just hit its 300th episode like a few months ago, and, and that's one of the most popular podcasts, and it's one I listen to weekly, except... Yeah, it cracked top 10. I don't remember if it was a top 10 podcast or if it was a top 10 podcast episode, but they are that amazingly popular. And when we planned this podcast, in fact, that was one of the things that we listened to, and it's the banter that I liked. It reminded me of Tony Kornheiser with the group he has when he's discussing stuff. Yeah. And it was it was that sort of freeform uh, fo- uh, format that I wanted to see if we could do between the two of us uh, yeah. when we when we did that. Uh, so, great. Do we have his, is, is there an email for him? Oh. Because apparently all these other people don't have emails. Wow, I, I actually could, I think, email... I, mean, I, I could email the company. I don't know if I could email him. You know, no, I can't email him specifically because they're really popular. So one of their emails got leaked in a video or something, and they had to switch emails because of how much fan mail they got, got like immediately afterwards. They couldn't use it functionally anymore. And on one of the... they. Did they podcast live at a convention? And two of them were having a really heated argument, and one of them gave out the other person's phone number. <laughs> and I give my email out all the time. <laughs> so, and I don't seem to be getting any responses from any of our guests. So, I guess, so Bernie, you can email me <laughs> my leaked email, which is dig at typingmonkeys.com. There you go. There you go. And, uh, you know, hopefully when we hit. Episode 300, and we're super famous. Uh, that will be the blocked email <laughs> that that I use. I'll, I'll maybe an intern, you know, just sort of search yeah. through all the email uh, that that I have. Uh, so that's great. That's terrific. Uh, let me, I guess, jump into some other stuff that I've been looking into. Been spending a little bit more time on the website, a little bit more time, you know, trying to figure out how we do the podcast and. Uh, because uh, again, we just started this for fun. It was just something that was just like, "Hey, let's see what it's like. Let's get a couple microphones and yeah. see if we enjoy doing it." I, I actually didn't even expect uh, for us to do this a second podcast. I just figured the first one would do it, and I we I wouldn't be very good. <laughs> uh, but people seem to be responding. So anyway, I've started to take this, I guess, a little bit more seriously, and I went in uh, much the way when I launch websites for companies uh, or do relaunches. We uh, there's a there's a service called Alexa. Uh, which is a way to sort of rank all the websites uh, around the world, and right. and so I created you know an in, uh, a, a, a an entry for adventuresintransgendering.com, which is our website, and so now we're officially ranked by Alexa. Oh, cool! So, would you like to know what our rank is? Oh, I'd love to. So our rank, and I think maybe we're going to need some drum roll music. And no, 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 don't be banging the table. That that annoys people. <laughs> He's about to do that. But yes, I know. Maybe we can get that. <laughs> but it is eleven million eight hundred and three thousand seven hundred and twenty-eight ranked website worldwide. <laughs> we're not even ranked in the U.S. yet. But I guess you know we do have a lot of uh, followers uh, in the U.K. Yeah. So I guess that's maybe why we're doing this the worldwide ranking. So look, it's a start. It's a yeah. start. It's like when you go to the gym and you can't lift anything. You know, you got to start somewhere. So we're starting at 11,800,000. Yeah. Uh, the good news, though, is that through some search engine optimization that I've done on the website, and I use WordPress as a back end, so it makes a lot of this stuff simple. It's actually why I moved off of blogger.com is because blogger didn't allow me to, to, to do a lot of these sort of back end changes. Uh, if you do a search on So There's That podcast, we have 
three of the top four Google entries. Oh, that's cool. So that's that's kind of a big deal. That's yeah. kind of a big deal. What's even better? And this blew my mind. So there's that is a common phrase. Yeah. You know, Bill Murray used it in Caddyshack. It was used in Breaking Bad. And I just, I thought it was an appropriate uh, phrase for what I'm going through. So when I tell people I'm transgender, that it sort of, you know, when I came out at the end of them, like, so there's that. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, it was meant to be kind of self-deprecating and, and funny. So I have been looking at the Google ranking for, so there's that. And there has been no ranking. Like you go 10 pages, there's, in Google search, there's 10 results per page. And so you go to page 10, you're not in the top 100. No one ever is going to go to page 11. No one's going to go to page 10, to be honest with you. Most of the clicks obviously come from page one. So I looked earlier today, and we are ranked 11th. Oh. Which means we're at the top of page two. Yeah. Not quite page one. We're close. But I never thought we'd get to page two. Yeah. And what I find even funnier is that the next entry that we need to pass to get to page one is the Breaking Bad wiki quote from episode two of Breaking Bad, uh, which is Walter White using the phrase, so there's that, after the uh, famous bathtub scene. Yeah. And we are both huge, obviously Vince Gilligan fans, invited guests, D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com, huge fans of, of the series. So I am shocked. I am shocked. Maybe once we bounce him from number 10. Ooh. Maybe at that point, maybe uh, maybe he will take note. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, I was, I was very impressed with that. Now, I should mention, I use Google as my search engine. I yep. don't like using any of the other search engines, especially the ones that sort of, when you download any sort of software, suddenly they're defaulting new search engines on all of your browsers. But yeah. Google is the search engine that I use, even though apparently I'm an Apple zombie. Uh you don't use Google Search, do you? What is the search engine that you use? I use a search engine called DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Which, upon looking up, apparently only came into existence about a year ago. And I found it uh, because I went up to visit my brother at his college, uh, which is Goucher College. And uh, friends of his were telling me about it because, I mean, it, it was mostly a joke when it started. But it's a, a web browser that doesn't track you. So, I, I mean, it essentially it means that, like, if you were in an investigation and they got, like, a warrant and stuff to look up your, like, Google sure. searches right. on DuckDuckGo, they wouldn't find anything because they don't store them, um, which has its diminishing returns. But the Wait, reason... wait so, so, does this, so does this mean there are websites you're going to that you don't want me to know about? Is that, is, that, is that, that kind of where we're going here? That's, whenever I tell people I, I, who know about it that I use it, they tease me about that, that like I must be going to these awful <laughs> websites if I don't want the police to be able to track me. I actually found out a reason that I actually prefer it to other search engines, sort of, is if you end your search with an exclamation point and then various letters, it'll move the search to a specific website. So if you do exclamation point G, it does Google. So I do that a lot of the time because Google's great. But if you do YT, it does YouTube. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are others for a lot of the websites I use commonly. So it's just something that makes it convenient for me that I don't have to go to different websites and then search there. So, gotcha. Yeah, cool. no, it's just convenient for me. So. Awesome. Well, I have one, I guess, one last thing uh, before we get to the mailbag. Uh, I I mentioned, I guess, last time 
that we were listed under new and noteworthy under the subcategory personal journals on iTunes. Uh, we are still there. So awesome. it's now three weeks, three weeks that we've been an official selection under new and noteworthy. We haven't gotten to society and culture yet. That's sort of our, our next step. So if, uh, if folks can get the word out, get friends to subscribe, get friends to download the, uh, the podcast, they don't even need to listen to it. We just need to kind of boost our numbers. And uh, hopefully if we can do that, we can uh, start jumping up to society and culture, which has a higher profile. So hopefully we can get more, we're going to attract more uh, uh, subscribers and yeah. downloaders from there. And obviously the big kahuna, as I talked about last time, would be the main page of iTunes under yep. the podcast section. That would be absolutely amazing. We still have probably another six or seven weeks to get there uh, if the research that I've done uh, is accurate. So let's uh, jump into jump into mailbag. Yep. Uh, and we're going to start with Dan in Gaithersburg. So he actually called me as a stalker. I'm sure Bernie Burns would, would, would appreciate this. Uh, he really is enjoying the podcast, especially our banter and the stories like Sephora last time. However, he wants us to talk less about invited guests. Specifically, he talked about Stephen Moffat because he knows who Stephen Moffat is. So I guess what we're going to have to find out this week is if he knows who Bernie Burns is. Yeah. And whether the explanation of Bernie Burns is helpful or whether this is a segment that he thinks is is headed for the scrap heap. <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll see. Uh, Glenn in D.C. says, love in the podcast. Awesome. Which, again, you know, love to hear that. We never get bored of people telling us how, how awesome we are. Yeah. So, and then uh, let me get to, uh, actually, right before we got into the podcast, I got a message, a massage from Lon who, uh, as you know, is from London, but she's actually writing us from California. Oh. So I think she's a, she, she's a world traveler. And she says, thanks for making me part of your last podcast. I'm honored and tickled pink. Number five was superb, and the length on each topic feels really comfortable now. I love the way you got into your story and the topic early on, too. <laughs> well, I mean, it was half an hour in, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of this isn't planned, but I think we're starting to get a feel of it. You yeah. know, we don't. We certainly don't have a timer. I mean, I've well, I, we have a cat timer, right? The cat comes down at certain times as yep. we're as we're going through this. Well, I guess we literally have a timer, but I actually don't see it anymore. Yeah, because it was it was disturbing me, and I was banging the table <laughs> probably to the beat of that. So yeah, no. At this point, I see the time, but you don't because I have my audio recording next to me. Yes, yes. So, um, awesome. Well, then let's, um, I guess let's hop into the topic du jour. So, electrolysis, or as I like to say, is that needle really necessary? Let me, I, this is something that, you know, when people are transitioning, when people are transitioning from male to female, uh, it, there are certain things that people are aware of, but there's other stuff that you sort of hear about and people don't really talk a lot about. And so, you know, today I want to talk about electrolysis because this is this is a large part. It's a big step. It's a big step for me. Uh, and so let me kind of give a little bit of background. Let me, I, I guess, talk about why I'm going through hair removal. So, you know, electrolysis is the removal of hair. And for me, it, in the case is it's a removal of, of my beard. So it, the challenge with... <laughs> beard is is no matter how close you shave especially as you start getting older 
you get a shadow on your face. And that is very hard to hide, especially at various points when you're trying to pass as female. Younger, that's that was something that was important to me. And you can go with concealers and you go with things that are an opposite color. And I have dark hairs and I have red hairs, and blonde hairs and various different things. And it was always so hard. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week with the makeup and Uncanny Valley and how you have this opposite effect. And that became so frustrating to me. And as a result, and I don't know how many people have done this who are transgendered, but I used to pluck my beard before going out for, say, a weekend or getting dressed up for a weekend. Uh, I would literally take tweezers and I would pluck every single hair of my beard. Wow. And that hurts. I mean, yeah. you get used to the pain after a while. You get redness and stuff like that. But I would plan, you know, and I would plan. It would be like once every three months, I would get a weekend where I could I could cross-dress the way I wanted to, kind of for the entire weekend. And so I, in order to look the way I wanted to look, I would I would pluck. And, uh, and it lasts for, you know, a week. And you're always nervous that people are going to notice that you've plucked. And, and after right. having come out to all these people... Uh, no one ever noticed. No one, no one ever noticed. So, you know, the the beard, the goatee. I mean, I had a goatee for a long time. You know, uh, twenty plus years, and it really was a beard for me. It really was something that that hid my cross dressing because I didn't like gender bending. So I didn't like to cross dress when I had a goatee. So if I didn't shave the goatee. I didn't cross-dress. It was something that sort of prevented me from, from doing that. Right. And so now that I've accepted who I am and, uh, you know, I'm transgendered, hear me roar, I decided, I guess maybe four or five months, maybe four months after that decision, I decided, okay, let me look into, let me look into hair removal. And I had, I had... First, I oh got I'd looked in a laser years ago because again you go through phases where you're like, well, maybe I can just get the hair on my neck removed. Right. And I went in there and I remember it was like, you know, it's you know, it's a laser and I'm not going to do the horrible Dr. Evil impersonation that I do. <laughs> but you go in there and they're like, it's a laser and so this is going to be expensive and it's, you know, carpeted floors and it's a desk and you sit down in a comfy chair. And it's not the Spanish Inquisition, but it's closed. And they, you know, like, can we get you a Coke? Would you like a Coke? And then they pour the Coke out. They don't give you a can, but they, like, pour it into a glass with ice cubes. And, like, when that starts happening and you go somewhere, you know that they're going to pump you for money. Yeah. And so we went in. I, I Well, I went in for the laser to look into it. And they came back with, like, well, because the, your hair grows in cycles and because we're doing this and because we're doing that, it's going to take... A year, and it's going to cost $1,000 to get your neck done. And I'm like, this is going to cost crazy amounts of money to get it removed. And I've since read, and I know that there's some debate on this, so so take this for what it's worth. You can do your own research, and, and if anyone is transitioning and thinking about this, you have to do your own research. This is very important. You need to own the research, you need to own the information. You can't say, well, so-and-so told me this. Uh, but my understanding is that laser, they're not convinced that laser is permanent. Mm. 
not completely permanent, and electrolysis is permanent. Electrolysis is also, might not be cheaper in the long run, but it's cheaper per session. Right. So let me give, I guess, a little background on, on electrolysis and, and on facial hair. So there's multiple types of electrolysis. Uh, galvanic, that uses lye. Oh. Right. So lye, which is used in soap, used in making pretzels, that we know <laughs> this from Alton Brown. Thank you, Alton, for that. And But it also burns the flesh. Yeah. And so that's what you're doing is you're cauterizing, you're burning using a laser or electrolysis, you're burning out the hair follicles so the hair doesn't grow back. There's then thermolysis, which is what I'm going through, which is a needle and electricity. And then the electricity warms up the needle and superheats the needle and then cauterizes uh, each individual hair follicle. So I, <laughs> I didn't know this. And I had to do a little bit of research on this and talk to my electrologist about it. But there are, on your face, 500 to 1,000 hair follicles per square centimeter. Now, I know you can't see them all because they're going in phases and they rest. And you have different types of hair. And some hair is coming up now. And after you shave, some hair comes back coarser. Some hair starts resting. So I've been going through electrolysis for... I think five full five full months now. And even though, you know, my upper lip has been what we've targeted in the beginning, I'm still getting hair coming back there even after five months. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it's, you know, again, 90 plus percent effective uh, that the hair is not coming back. So I guess let me talk a little bit about what electrolysis is exactly and what it feels like when you're sitting in that chair. Yeah. So, and I'm not trying to scare young children here, but <laughs> it is kind of your worst nightmare. I mean, I am, I am not a fan of needles. I, uh, I had teeth taken out when I was a kid because my jaw was too small. And back in the 70s, when your jaw was, quote unquote, too small, they would remove one tooth from each quadrant so that you had more room to grow and your wisdom teeth could come in. And as a right. result, my jaw is actually smaller than it's supposed to be. Now they do spacers, right? So I had to have four teeth removed, which meant they had to put me under, which meant they had to put a needle in my arm and knock me out. And I was whatever I was, eight years old. And they couldn't find my vein. Oh. And they, and I am not kidding you. I, I'm, they stuck it in my left arm about seven times and in my right arm about 12 times. Wow. So I had nearly 20 needle shots in a, you know, three or four minute span. So, you know, no, I, I, I don't do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to worry about tracks on me because I, I really, I you know, I've gotten over my pathological fear of needles, but I'm simply not a fan of needles. So to begin with, hey, we're going to stick your face with needles is not something that I'm going to look forward to. Right. On top of that, they stick the needle in, and we're talking 50 to 100 times a minute because she's, like, firing through and, like, ding, 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 ding. So not only are you being pierced with a needle, and that pain isn't horrible. I mean, it's probably, like, acupuncture, so it's not too bad. You close your eyes, so, you know, you're not seeing it. 
But then they run electricity through this needle. <laughs> and you feel the heat build up in each hair follicle. And once they've burned out your hair follicle enough, the hair pops out. So that's how she knows that she's succeeded on that. And so again, you're doing this to, what, 500 to 1,000 hair follicles per square centimeter. And I started <laughs> on my upper lip, which is extra sensitive. So I, the only way I can really compare this pain for other people to understand, because I got my ears pierced. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in some later podcasts. But, you know, there's a pain that you feel and you're only getting, you only got two ears. So it's only like, boom. I mean, I guess other people can get more. But that pain is similar to what each individual needle puncture feels like. Right. Because there's heat yeah. when you get your ears pierced. And it's a bang, pop. And then you'd go to the next one. And you only got two, so you're like, okay, I'm done. You know, the first one, wow, this was more than I thought. Second one, okay. The other pain that I can describe is if you've ever, and I think we all have, had an incredibly painful zit, like inside your nose yeah. sort of thing that, like, makes you, you tear, and you're, like, you're trying to lance it, you're trying to pierce it, and then you're trying to pop it. Sorry, not trying to be gross here, but... We've all done that. Yeah. And that pain where you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, tears dripping out of your eyes from pain is what this can feel like. Now, again, not every single one. You know, in my cheek, there are various things where you kind of don't feel it as much. But along the upper lip, along the jawline, the pain is intense and i've learned that i can take it for 30 minutes frankly 25 minutes and then you just sort of grit yourself through the final five minutes because you're trying to get this thing done i mean right. you just if you go shorter duration you're gonna be doing it for longer and longer so one of the things i've learned about is is pain management because you can't like you know i was like this would be great if you're like a dentist next door and you get yeah. But even that's not healthy for you to get it over and over and over and over again. Right. So you really just need to kind of suck up the pain. So the first thing I learned was how to listen to music and use music uh, very specifically to block out pain. So I have my earbuds in. One time I forgot it and it was just oh brutal. And, uh, and you crank up, you crank up the music and you want loud music. You don't want calming music. Calming music doesn't work at all. So I right. have a very specific playlist let me run you through kind of the first 30 minutes of it. Uh, we start with Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And Dante's going to recognize this as the music I play before we do a podcast yep. to get myself stoked. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, music from Doctor Who from the new series by Murray Gold, The New Doctor, which is the very first appearance of Matt Smith. Uh, Down to Earth, which is his first episode. And I have music from 11th Hour. <laughs> which is my favorite episode of Doctor Who, and is utterly insane. The sun's gone wobbly, and I am the Doctor, which is the climax music off that episode. Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel, uh, which is also inspirational to me. Uprising by... Muse. Right, which is one of Dante's... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can say favorite pieces of music, but it, it, we both like it. I, I like it, yeah. And it's uh, that's a little defiant, so <laughs> I, I like that one. Uh, All I Can Do by Chantal Kreviazuk. 
I'm sure I just totally butchered her name. <laughs> and she will never come on as a guest. So we're just going to call her Chantal. Uh, the Future Soon by Jonathan Colton, which is a fun song. Uh, and Great to Be Different by Forest Rain. By Forest Rain. And then I have some Warren Zevon in there and uh, some other uh, awesome uh, 80s music like The Warrior by Scandal. Uh, and a little bit of Blondie. And, uh, and then I wrap up with a little bit of a John Hyatt. Uh, and, and so you, what's neat about listening to this music is you know how deep you're in. You know how many minutes you have left based right. on what song you've gotten to. And what I, I find interesting is that uh, by sometimes I try to do 30 minutes a week. So when I'm traveling to New York, I, I wait and I do like two sessions in one week. And that second day is hard because you get to about 25 minutes. So you've now done like almost an hour over two days. Yeah. Sometimes back to back days. And uh, you just, you can't deal with it anymore. And and as listeners of the podcast know, I get the giggles. Yeah. yeah. And I get the giggles, but it's, it's not me being silly. It's just, I can't, I just can't deal with the pain anymore. And I just start to laugh. Uh, and, and I can't stop. And as a result, the session's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, so other things I've tried doing is, uh, breathing in when you feel the heat starting. Right. Uh, and, uh, the, the only problem is, is if you do that too frequently, and if you do that as many times a minute as you're getting stabbed, mm-hmm. yeah. you start to hyperventilate. Right. Which would be awesome if I passed out, but you know, you're just going to wake up again. And you're also lying on your back and sometimes your head's down sort of behind. So you're kind of in a weird state. Right. So, and then if you start hyperventilating too much, the the person working on you starts to get nervous that like you're having a seizure or something, you know, and then, Oh my God. So here's the other thing because they're running through your lip, because they're running through your face. Part of dealing with pain is clenching, right? Yeah. Well, the more you clench where they're putting the needle, the more it hurts. And the harder it is. So she keeps telling me, relax your lip. And I'm like, maybe if you stop piercing my lip with needles, I wouldn't need to clench. So the last couple of weeks, I finally sort of learned this, that it hurts a little bit less. And you just have to be kind of zen and kind of let go. But again, like every time you're getting pierced, it's really hard to let go because you keep coming back. And then you start focusing on the pain and you start focusing on the pain. Uh, the other thing is you can do a squeezy ball. You know, and uh, and that again, these things only work so much, and you kind of go through all your tricks. And I've only really been able to go about thirty minutes, uh, and then at the end, you you get aloe because again, your face has been beaten up. Yeah, you are. I mean, this is part of it. Is that yes, it's it's being cauterized and all these other things, but you're going through trauma. <laughs> yeah, and so your face is puffy and it's red, and sometimes there's a little bit of blood. So you're putting aloe on it. You're using ice packs. Uh, you know, you're taking, you know, over-the-counter painkillers. You know, I'd love to take Vicodin, but I took something like that when I had my shoulder surgery, and it's brutal getting off of it. Uh, the one treat I will say, though, is that <laughs> is that I will buy a bag of, of Cheetos, like a small bag of Cheetos, like the crispy, crunchy yeah. ones with Chester Cheetah. And, uh, and those sort of become my treat and I'll sit on the couch afterwards and I'll inhale the bag. And that's, <laughs> that's sort of, well, that's what I did when I quit smoking was, um, when I was, was working at AOL, when I quit smoking, we had a Burger King across the street and I would get, uh, I would get French fries. I'd get a right. thing of French fries every day driving home. 
and I put on like 10 pounds, <laughs> but it was that little treat uh, that that I'm going through all this. Let me talk a little bit more about the puffiness because it's not just one day and uh, and people don't necessarily see it. I mean, when I've shown you, you're, you're just like, no, I'm not seeing it. But I think there's a general effect in that it makes my face look like I've been in a fight. It makes me look a little bit more masculine. When it's along the jawline, I get puffiness, so I start to look like Vito Corleone from The Godfather. Uh, and it takes two or three days to heal. So if I'm going to New York on a Tuesday morning, you know, I want to get this done on a Friday. Yeah. And then there's an entire piece before it, which is you can't shave for three days. So that she can get to the hair. Yeah. So it's this almost a full week arc of not being able to shave before. Going through this and then looking puffy. So I really have to schedule my weeks yeah. when I'm traveling, when I'm not traveling, and then try to get the schedule ahead of time. And and so when I first started, so I started five months ago. And, you know, I'm I, I'm getting salt and pepper. <laughs> and uh, and so I said, hey, look, let's start. Let's start with the pepper. Let's take the dark hairs out. And then, uh, and let me see what the pain feels like, and let me see how I feel about going through this. And and if I don't want to do this, then that's cool, you know. But uh, but let me try. So she was surprised. My electrologist was surprised because she said, you know, most most trans people come in here want it out as quickly as humanly possible. And I said, I'm taking my time. Yeah, going slow, taking it one day at a time, being confident in what I'm doing. And now, five months later, I get so depressed when I see dark hair on my upper lip. Because it's been two weeks or three weeks or four weeks since they last one on my upper lip. And I start seeing dark hairs and you can't shave it, yeah. right? Because you got you to wait three days. And, uh, and it, I just, I find myself seriously getting depressed. Like, this is never going to get done. And, and so now I want it out. I want all this off my face now. I've yeah. decided I want it done. But again, you're, you're trying to work through the pain um, and you're trying to work through that psychology where like, I don't want to go shopping when I have part of a beard. Uh, I hate walking into the, it's a salon and she has a back room in the salon. And I hate walking in unshaved. Right. You know, Eddie Zard talks about bloke in a dress, bloke in a dress. I, you know, I feel like, you know, a bloke with a beard. <laughs> And I know it's funny. I know that sounds so ludicrous, but it's it's not where I want to be anymore. I, I'm I'm done having a beard, I, I, and I don't want to have to worry about it anymore. So now, you know, five months later, I, I've realized that I need to come up with a new solution because just grinning and bearing it just is not working. It uh, is is not is not working for me anymore. The pain threshold, I just you know, I'm getting to it quicker and quicker. I'm grousing a lot more. I'm cranky driving over because I know I'm going to be going through some pain. So so I talked with my electrologist about, hey, so how do we deal with the pain? She goes, well, look, you can go with lidocaine. 5% lidocaine is the is the highest level that you can get over the counter. And, uh, and so what you have to do is you get lidocaine, you put a layer on it of where you're going to go through electrolysis, and then you have to put saran wrap on it, like, uh, like, like Catherine Hellman from Brazil, she gets the, the, the saran wrap over her face because she's going through plastic surgery. Uh, you, you know, that's kind of what you're going to look like. So I decided, okay, screw it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get 5% lidocaine. 
And so the only pl- thing that I can find in stores, at like a CVS um, or Rite Aid, and I, I, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. It's called Recticare, which is the worst name for a product ever. I mean, maybe it's the best name because you know exactly what it is. It's care for your rectum. But I think if you have, you know, hemorrhoids or other anal rector disorders, you're probably not going to want to walk around and say, hey, I got hemorrhoids. I mean, that's the thing that everyone doesn't want to talk about. Yeah. So <laughs> they give it the worst name in the world. So I went to a Rite Aid because I was told that's that's where it's sold. And I go to the shelf and I can't find it. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe they don't sell it. So I start reading the labels. And of course, Recticare is sold out. <laughs> okay. So I've gone in, and, uh, <laughs> and I go, excuse me, I'm looking for Recticare. Not for hemorrhoids, but for my face, because, you know, going through electrolysis. And, uh, and so he says, okay, well, let me talk to the manager. And the manager comes over, and she's like, yeah, may I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for Recticare. And she's like, yeah, okay, we're sold out. So I finally went to another place, and then, of course, you have to buy it, you yeah. know? And again, I'm just, I am absolutely shocked by this brand name. It's, I, I feel like, I feel like were there, were other options like taken? Was, you know, my ass hurts a lot already taken? Is that, uh, it's not, because I think maybe that would be a great <laughs> brand name. Uh, I think also their competitor may be Anusol. Again, I just don't understand where they sort of come up with this. Yeah. I think maybe something a little bit softer, a little bit, you know, anyway, anyway. So I finally ordered it, you know, and, and again, I guess being trans, you just kind of forget because uh, you get looked at a lot, you know. And so I'm just like, OK, yes, I'm buying Recticare. Screw it. And so I was not expecting this to work very well. I, I have to be honest with you. So it, it, it was actually yesterday. I think it was yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put a layer on um, on, on my chin. And, uh, and and Dante's brother Michael helped me with this. We used uh, instead of saran wrap, we used press and seal because <laughs> it kind of holds to the skin a little bit more. Because you need to create this airtight thing an hour to two hours ahead of time. So we uh, we put the the, uh, the press and seal on, and uh, it doesn't look too bad except for sort of the wings where it sort of connects to itself. And uh, and so then I had to drive. And I usually don't get looked at when I'm driving. I mean, people tend not to, people tend to ignore me. I did not get ignored this time. I mean, I had people laughing at me. I mean, I had someone riding a bike past me and they just started laughing and pointing at me because I have saran wrap on my damn face. Yeah. So I get there and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to put my hoodie up and the hoodie I was wearing kind of makes me look like I was in Assassin's Creed. And... (laughs) So I get in there and she's thrilled. She's thrilled. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is so awesome that you're trying this. And son of a gun, if it doesn't work. Wow. I mean, it does take all the pain out, but it took a lot of the pain. I did a 40 minute segment. I've never done 40 minutes before in my life. I'd done 35 minutes the day before. So it was an hour 15. This is the longest that I've gone. Because again, I am... I am done. I am yeah. done with having hair on my face, and 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 again, it took me it took me a while to get to this point, and, and I, I I like to be certain. Yeah. But I am done. I, I let me I guess do a couple shout outs to to people who have helped me. Uh, at the place that I go to, the the woman who works at the front counter, Lisa, is so sweet, and before she even knew who I was. 
she was she would smile at me she'd say oh my god i love your boots like oh hey wow i like your leggings like every time i come in she com would compliment me on some female thing that i was wearing uh, last time i came in she's like oh my god you were walking with so much confidence that was before i started wearing the saran wrap <laughs> uh so i just you end up looking forward to going to these sessions because you're going to see someone who's going to kind of boost your confidence uh, and you don't always get that in life, you know? You don't always yeah. get that. Even people who are supportive don't know kind of what to say. And so she's like, oh, my God, I love your scarf. Or, oh, my God, I love this. Or, oh, my God, is that a new bag? And and it's just, it's always, it just, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. And then I should probably say Fran, who is my electrologist, uh, has the absolute patience of a saint. Because she tortures people for a living. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and so you're not always nice to her. You know, you start grousing. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm okay. Just keep doing it. So uh, she has been terrific, you know, and, and you know, she holds your face and, and, and it's just so sweet. Uh, though I will say this last time, she said, you know, the, the problem that you're having is that you're shaving. If you didn't shave, this would go a lot quicker. And so I had to explain to her as nicely as I could the psychology of not shaving. That like maybe five or six months ago I could have done this, but now I don't. I don't like walking around with a beard. Yeah. You know, or even the thought of it is like depressing me and it just feels like I'm just feels like I'm 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 going backwards. So I, I guess let me let me wrap this with something that I didn't realize is that this is very much a rite of passage for me. And I did not realize when I started this. That this is something that's incredibly painful that you do every single week for about a year to get this done. And I'm not a masochist. I'm not enjoying this. Um, you know, and it does feel like death by a thousand needles. I mean, it does. It's just this is not enjoyable. But I feel a little bit like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And, I, and it, clearly, I'm not a hero. I'm not I'm not suggesting that in any way. But it does feel like something I have to get done in order to get to my goal. It feels like one of the labors, one of the right. God knows how many, how many labors. Because again, it, when you're sitting in that chair and you're paying somebody to pierce your flesh with needles for half an hour yeah. and then schedule it for another half hour. You realize at that point if, that if you are going to keep going through this, that this is something that you have to do. And I, it was probably the greatest single reinforcement that I am, uh, that I am in fact transgendered, is that I go back every single week. Right. And I look forward to the result. And I talked about how depressed I was when I see the dark hair on my upper lip. And you've seen this. I was depressed and I went and I come back and I'm on a high yeah. because my upper lip, not all the hairs removed. I still have the, the salt there, <laughs> Yeah. but the pepper has been removed and my face looks lighter and I look less masculine. And it is such an amazing confidence boost. So I guess, I guess let me close this with, you know, this, this concept of, of rite of passage, which is usually thought of from boy to manhood. And 
you know, this is what manhood to whatever, femalehood, womanhood. Um, but it's, I'm earning it, Yeah, you know, and, and it's not easy. This is not an easy journey on so many levels, but I guess what I was never expecting was it to be so incredibly painful. But I think it probably separates the wheat from the chafe or whatever that term is, <laughs> because if you're not willing to endure this, if you're not willing to endure one of the 12 labors, then you're not going to you're not going to succeed. So, I, yeah, <laughs> I guess I went on a little bit, a little bit longer than I was expecting. Uh, so let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up. Uh, and uh I'd like to thank the listener. I know we do this a lot, but this really was started on a whim. And the number of people who have been listening is is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Uh, if I have any request of the people who have been listening, those of you who are on iTunes, uh, if if you like this, if you continue to enjoy this, uh, please please leave a comment. Please leave a review for other people. I think that helps. I think, you know, again, I, I, I think we're at like nine, nine five-star reviews, which is fantastic yeah. in, in the U.S., uh, but it would be cool to get to double digits, yeah, you know, and it would be really cool to get a, a couple of, of actual text reviews so people are like, oh, wow, this is really funny, or, you know, Dig is so great, or, <laughs> or you know, Dante is so fantastic, uh, you know, something something like that would be would be cool because I know I'm not allowed to do that since I submitted. Right. And, uh, and anyway, that just doesn't feel right. So. Yeah, I think this is a good point to end. Uh, again, this is find the key, Sash Volkov, meldyloops.com. test now yep just test, test, test is going, test on, is now. going on now so so this this would be the sort of normal test um meldyloops.com so let me talk about something blah 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 that would be me 